Take your Bibles, if you will. Look in the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. We'll pick up our reading with verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now the church isn't built on Peter. We don't talk about the church of, of Peter, our Savior. Uh, Peter, the, the word for Peter is a small rock. You're a small rock, Peter, but the big rock, the big foundation is that I am very God of very God. Jesus is God in flesh. And so as he was saying upon this rock, that rock, the confession that Peter made, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, that is the foundation of the church. If Jesus isn't God, if Jesus isn't the foundation of the church, then we're in a mess. If the church is founded on people, then it's in bad shape because people are fallible. Peter had all kinds of problems. He had foot and mouth-itis all the time. Now, he made some of the best statements you'll ever read in all the Word of God. This one right here is, is, is tremendous. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Over in John, he said, the, to, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. So uh, Peter knew who Jesus was, but he sometimes got the flesh ahead of the Spirit. But I want you to ponder with me that question that Jesus asked, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Keep that in the back of your mind. Let's continue reading. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, was he giving Peter some kind of special authority to bind and, and loose people? The answer to that is no. Here's the, the idea. Binding and loosing, the apostles taught with authority the way of salvation. And those who accepted the gospel of Christ as the apostles preached it were loosed. They were forgiven. And those who rejected that gospel were bound. And even today, the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter that uh, there were some spirits in prison. That's people who rejected Christ and are uh, in uh, uh, hell waiting for their final judgment. So this binding and loosing is not some unusual authority that, that Peter had as some special apostle. He did not have that. It was just a, with authority. Every last one of them preached the gospel of the, the, uh, the grace of God. Now, then he charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. That's always been a mysterious statement to me. 
He healed a man and he would say to him, now don't tell anybody. Just go to the priest and, and do what you're supposed to do and then go home to your family. Every one, last one of them couldn't stop telling it. It's, Jesus wasn't more than out of sight and they began to, to tell what had happened. Uh, the exception of that is those ten lepers. Ten lepers come to Christ and say, we, would, thou, would you heal us? And Jesus said, go to the priest and do what Moses told you to do and I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And as they went, they were healed, the Bible says. Nine of them kept going, but one of them turned around and got happy. Now, if you don't know what that means, it meant he began to holler. That's southern speech, you know. But he began to wave his hands and praise God. He got excited and honored the Lord that way. And, and Jesus said, weren't there ten? Where are the other nine? Listen, it, just a side note for you. Don't be somebody that doesn't give God praise. And when you give him praise, once in a while it's going to have to be audible. Silent prayer is in the minority in the Bible. And I don't know that there's any silent praise anywhere in Scripture. And we live in a day when we don't want to be too open about things. We're almost becoming like the British. We don't want people to know that we're, we've got religion. Listen, if you've got enough to get you to heaven, you're not going to fit in down here anyway, so just go ahead and enjoy yourself. And so that one turned around and praised him. Let's take a look at these things. Verse 18 is the rock of his divinity. Verse 19, the keys opening the door of salvation. If you'll remember, Peter was the one who preached on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 souls were saved. Peter was the one who was preaching in Acts chapter number 10 uh, there at, at Cornelius' home when a number of Gentiles were saved. And you see Peter defending Gentile salvation in Acts chapter 15 and verse 7. So the key to the door was the fact that Peter was the one who took the gospel first to the Jews and he was the first to go to the Gentiles. He was given the ministry of circumcision, that meant dealing with the Jews, and Paul was given the ministry of dealing with the uncircumcised or the Gentile uh, nations, and he was the one who led them to Christ. I just want to deal with three very simple thoughts tonight. And this idea about, you know, Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Notice the confusion about Jesus. There, people are still confused about him. Uh, Muslims think that Jesus is a great teacher. Uh, Jews believe he was a good teacher. But we preach that he is the Savior. He is exclusive truth. You can't have a truth over here and an opposite truth over here. That, that won't work. That would mean that both of them are not true. And so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. But there was some confusion. Some said thou art John the Baptist. That must mean he could thunder when he preached because that's what John was known for. Remember what John did to King Herod? It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. You're committing adultery, king. John was a bold man, and he was a real preacher. And so sometimes people looked at Jesus and said, he's just like John the Baptist. Uh, Elijah was a man who was known for his preaching, for his boldness, being willing to step forward. And so uh, they, they looked at him and said, maybe you're Elijah or Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a tender-hearted prophet. He's known as the weeping prophet in the Old Testament. 
and he wept, and he talked about all that my eyes were rivers, as he would weep tears over the nation of Israel because of their wickedness. And brother, I'm going to tell you, we see wickedness in our country today. We ought to be brokenhearted over it. I told my Sunday school class this morning, and I'll be discreet, I, I really can't say a whole lot. There's a public school system up in New York where they're using a book. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of somebody. It's natural or it's normal. Put out by the Universalist Unitarian Church. That ought to warn you right there. But it goes through, it's for fifth graders, and it is a sex, sex ed book that has things in it that I didn't know till I was probably in my mid-twenties or thirties. They're sexualizing our children, hypersexualizing them. We need to be weeping over our country. What's even worse is, is the parents don't know what to do. They're raising a ruckus about it. I have recently saw a black preacher uh, on the television where uh, there was a video of him, and he began to read out of one of the school books. And they began to call him down. He said, what's the matter? Am I offending you? He said, this is the school book in your school system. And he just kept right on reading, and he filled up his five minutes reading that stuff. We need to be weeping over our country. Have a broken heart. And you parents, if wherever your children are going to school, you're responsible to make sure what they're hearing. And if they're hearing some kind of vile stuff, then you need to make a stand. And if they won't listen to you, then the best thing you can do is pull them out. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, we're going to have to have a backbone and, and we're going to have to take a stand about some of these things and say that's not going to fly. Thank God for us. I know I hadn't heard anything like that here in Tipton County. But if it's other places, that means it's seeping through the system and it'll eventually work its way here. We want to avoid that. We want to have a broken heart. We want to be like Jeremiah. The Lord Jesus was known for his compassion. And you might be one of the prophets. We're just not really, the world's not really sure who you are, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, what do you know? What do you think about me? Whose son am I? And he said, thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. Three things and I'll be done. The world has its opinion and it says religion is losing. We're hearing more and more that there's a, a bunch of extra uh, atheists in our country now. Up to 20% people disavowing religion. That's not really that unusual. They, a bunch of folks have been hangers on. They weren't really Christian. They just didn't want to openly say that they didn't believe in God. Now they've got a little environment where they can't, and so they're speaking up. i got news for you. I've read the last page of the book. We don't lose. Uh, we're not going to lose. Jesus has already won. When Jesus died on the cross, the victory was, was accomplished at that point. And we're just waiting to enjoy the fruits of that victory. Religion's not losing. Now, organized religion may be going downhill. I don't know. I was telling Brother Kirby about a Southern Baptist church. It's had a woman preacher since 1993. 1993. What is that, 30 years ago? What's happening in our country? Apostasy. Organized religion going its own way. Well, we don't have to fear those things. 
I, I'm, I'm not a believer in religion. I'm a believer in Christ. I, it's not some structure of worship that, that tunes me up. It's who I'm worshiping. And we can worship Him in many different ways. Because of adverse circumstances, we cannot adopt the world's view. They, it may look tough. It may look hard. It may, uh, things may grind down some. And you just stop and think about different countries around the world where Christians have a hard time. They have a hard time in Russia. You don't hear much about it, but Russian Jews really have a hard time. But uh, Putin is not pro-Christianity, regardless of what you may read in the newspaper somewhere. In the northern Africa, our brothers and sisters in Christ are being burned and set on fire by the hundreds in churches over there. Some of us are being kidnapped and sold as slaves in different parts of Africa. Muslims, uh, they, they still believe in slavery in different parts of the world. The world's opinion, religion's losing. And here I am saying, God can. God can. Not only can God, God will. We're not losing. The winning truth is this. Jesus is God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, but they elected so-and-so. They stole the White House. They stole this election. They did that. They, it, it, listen, we may not like politics. We may not be happy with the way things go, but it doesn't move King Jesus off the throne no matter who's in office. He is working his will. He's accomplishing his plan. King of kings and Lord of lords. Look over in Revelation chapter 1 with me. With confidence we can call upon our Savior. The Bible tells us plainly in the book of 1 John we're supposed to ask in His name. Let me read a little bit to you in Revelation chapter 1 verse number 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from Him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before His throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Amen. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You know, you don't very often read of the, ter the terminology, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which you find it there in, in the, the book of Revelation, chapter number one. The winning truth is that I am... I'm God. That's what Jesus said. There was, it wasn't any confusion about that. The Jewish leaders knew exactly who he was professing to be. They tried to kill him several times because they said to him, you've made yourself equal with God. You've called him your father, saying you're of the same essence as he is. It's the truth. It still wins the lost. It still works for sinners. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. It's in the news to every land. Cross the waves and shout it wherever you can go, Jesus saves. Heard Adrian Rogers this afternoon and he, he made this statement. He said a lot of Christian people are busy. He said they're busy in church. They're doing this and they're doing that. And he said and they're not telling others about the gospel. He said that's what we need to be doing. Yes, church business needs to be taken care of. Yes, church activities need to be covered. But every last believer needs to be telling other people about the Savior that can save them. 
I grew up going to church. Got old enough I could quit going, I did. Got married at 18, don't recommend it for everybody, but it's been a wonderful trip for my wife and I. That's for sure, be 50, 51. I was thinking real hard. Be 51 in June. That's not very far away. It's been a wonderful trip. But I'm going to tell you what's made it wonderful, our relationship with Jesus Christ. I doubt very seriously without him we'd be here tonight together. Wouldn't have worked. She didn't have much of a church background, but I did. And mom called us. We started going to church just to really to placate mom. I tell mom, it's my day off. I want to sleep. Leave me alone. I'll, you know, I, I, I finally just started going to church out of self-defense so she'd quit calling. And we're worried today about we're going to drive people away. Well, mama drove me to church. Ragged on me so much I went in self-defense. And when I got there, you know what? God was waiting on me. I got under conviction. It took a little while. But man, I got saved. I got a good dose. I never had to go back for a recap. Have I had problems in my Christian life? I sure have. Have I ever sinned since I got saved? Please don't ask such a silly question. Oh, my soul, I'm not what I used to be. And your testimony would be that tonight too. You're not who you used to be. God found you, changed you. And the truth is, He's King of kings and Lord of lords. Only God could change us. Translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear Son, Colossians tells us. Only Jesus could do that. Men can't save you. Priests can't forgive you. Nobody can but Jesus. Only Jesus. Third thing. The winning view. We had the world's opinion, religion's losing. The winning truth, Christ is God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then the winning view is the gates of hell shall not prevail. That means we're on offense. If you're in the fort, you're defending the gate. Remember the Alamo? They were inside. And the Mexican army was on the outside. And they broke the gates down. Well, I got news for you. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. That means we can win people. It looks like they're about to go to hell. It looks like maybe they're about to drop off in that place, but we can reach them with the gospel of Christ through a personal witness or a track or something else, and they can get converted. Amen. Read over there with me in verse 18. And I say unto thee that, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, that profession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're on the winning side. Matter of fact, we're on the side that's already won. There's some skirmishes to be fought. There's some other battles to be wrestled with. But Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin he left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. The only kind of salvation he gives is complete, 100%. Father, Take these few thoughts about who Christ is. Bury them deep in our hearts so we can hold on to them and think of them 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.